0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Reframing Chronic Illness, a conversation that explores the lesser discussed side of living with a chronic illness or any other long-term health condition. I believe in harnessing the intelligence of chronic illness to help you live your life in a way that feels good and allows you to deeply heal and flourish. I'm Alana Holloway, holistic healing coach to humans who want to live life in a way that honours both their health and their dreams. I'm so happy to have you here. Hello, hello. So this is episode four and let's go. Um, Today's episode is all about limits, self-sabotage, a term I'm not too keen on, but you'll find out why later, and something I like to call conscious rebellion. So talking about limits, the pushing and eventually breaking of the limits that you set yourself, I believe comes from one of two places. And I'm talking specifically about the limits you incorporate into your life as part of the wider plan you have for your healing, your health, body, life, wants and needs. So on one hand, you've got the limits that you set yourself that are driven by kind of punishment and deprivation and stopping yourself from doing something. And on the other hand, there are limits that you set yourself that come from a place of acceptance and compassion and understanding and experience from past limit setting or, you know, past efforts at doing something. And which hand you're playing usually ends up dictating how you push and or break your limits. So, Limits that are driven by punishment and deprivation often feel enforced and strict and therefore the way we then break them feels quite out of control and impulsive and self-sabotage-y. Whereas limits driven by compassion and understanding and experience they feel kind and knowing and enriching. They feel like they're there to help you and in that you can allow yourself to push or break them with consideration and awareness and this I call conscious rebellion. So conscious rebellion is making a fully aware choice to do something that goes against your usual lifestyle or hearing, healing practice and something that, you know, might and will take consequently take you off track for a micro-moment. But we we do it and I believe it's a really important part of your healing practice because... No matter how, how well you've designed your life to suit your needs and no matter how good it makes you feel and no matter how in alignment it is, it still comes with a feeling of being on all the time. And as humans, we're not designed to be on all the time in any way. But before we go deep into conscious rebellion, I really want to explore the alternative and the wider health related context of rebellion and quote unquote self sabotage and setting limits part the reason we set limits is because part of design devising a path for growth or development and healing includes finding out what works for you and what doesn't and using that information, you define your limits. But when that path of growth or that plan isn't based on you as a unique individual, or when it comes from a place of resistance or dislike and needing to fix, and when it's not in alignment with your values and beliefs. So we're talking plans like off the shelf kind of cookie cutter diet plans, or we're talking about identifying a part of you that you don't like and you want to change and you want to fix we're talking about that kind of thing um when you're coming from that when you're working from that place the associated limits that you set feel really restrictive and suffocating because they're not designed for you and they don't feel healthy and beneficial to your overall goal And therefore the want and the need to what we see as or what we've been told to believe as self-sabotage or the want to rebel can become very strong. And it comes from a place of like needing to break free from this ill-fitting box that you find yourself in or from wanting to just quit what you're doing because it makes you feel really deprived and limited, and just like you can't have fun like everyone else. And I, like you, I'm sure, have been there many, many times. In the past, when I've done things like juice fasts, with the belief that I'd detox and cleanse my body (laughs) in order to help me heal quicker. Yeah, you know, that was me. Or I've mentally committed myself to some crazy regime with a hoped outcome of becoming healed you know of this healing journey being over and me returning to what who I once was which you know how I feel about that from previous episodes but if you kind of look at the intentions behind both of those it's all about ridding myself of thing of something or, or fixing something about myself or changing my composition it's It's all resistance and rejection. And when I've been on these things, all I've wanted to do is just run in the opposite direction. Or I felt rising anxiety before I've even started at the thought of the perceived impact on my life. You know, I've been thinking about the day before the juice fast, for example, and thinking, oh my God, I'm going to be hungry. I know I'm going to be hungry. I don't want to do it. Or how am I going to find time to fit in all these things that I've, you know, promised myself I'll do? And if I don't do those things, have I just failed? You know, you just have this, am I just a failure? And sometimes I've even ended up kind of impulsively sabotaging beforehand and just to get all out of my system, you know, so again, back to the juice fast, I've completely binged chocolate and car you know i say carbs but i love a baked good or you know anything the day before or even the week before because i've just been so fearful of what i'm about to get myself into and all that's ended with you know all that's ended up with me feeling is full of self-loathing and guilt and frustration and blame and just a whole heap of negativity And actually, what I'd really love to touch on where this kind of pattern of behaviour comes from and how the whole committing to an unattainable plan and wanting to fix a part of ourselves and then the inevitable rebellion or perceived self-sabotage, again, a phrase that we've, you know, been fed because, of course... If we don't do these things, it's all our fault. Um, Yeah, right, you know. Just a quick interruption to clear up my feelings around the term self-sabotage. The term self-sabotage refers to behaviours that we do, really, in order to keep ourselves safe and to protect ourselves ourselves. However, the kind of modern bastardization of that term has us believing that self-sabotage are things that we do to ruin things for ourselves. And it comes with a huge amount of kind of blame and fault being pointed towards ourselves. And so when self-sabotage is used in the context of healing and health it implies that we ruin things for ourselves because you know for whatever reason but remembering that we might you know sabotage things to keep ourselves safe or to protect ourselves the question becomes, what are we protecting ourselves from? And the answer can often be something that isn't the right fit for us. How, how this is all kind of transferred over from diet culture. And whilst not all sabotage or rebellion or you know going against what you've decided to do is about food eating and body image I think it's a concept we've all had experience with at some point in our lives and because the lines between weight and body image and diet culture and health are so blurred it's no wonder we fall into the same patterns and traps when it comes to healing and working with illness and other health challenges. Because it's a learned behaviour, it's a, you know, learned pattern. And, And what we've taken on board from this, the stories that we've then taken on from this is that in order to achieve something we want for our body, The only way we can do that is to do something that's really restrictive or that feels, you know, completely wrong for us and our body, which we inevitably end up, you know, quote unquote self-sabotaging due to the way it makes us feel. But because we've been told to believe we self-sabotage, we never look to what it is that we were doing and how that was so wrong for us in the first place. And we fall into this pattern of you know self blame and it being familiar and it being the status quo, and therefore it's something that we return to time and time again, which seems so so balmy, but that it's it's completely understandable at the same time, and what we never really take time to consider is that a we can achieve something we want for our body in a way that's actually aligned to our whole selves but that b even that we need a break from which it's not only okay but it's totally healthy that break is totally healthy and little do we realize that because of all this, you know, past experience and all these stories we carry around with us, little do we realise that we can take a break and rebel and push limits with full awareness and self-granted permission. And we can trust ourselves to do it in a measured and calm way. Which is quite a revelation really and I mean, how cool is that? But at at this point, you might be wondering, okay, so if I've built a life for me that's, if I've built a life that's supportive to my healing, and if I'm doing it from a place of compassion and acceptance, why would I even need to push my limits and consciously rebel, as I like to call it, especially if rebellion in the past has felt self sabotage and has felt bad and uncontainable? You know, won't it just mean that it will cause damage and throw me off track? And why would I put myself at risk of that happening? So I'm going to come back to my point of being on all the time. Needing to switch off for a bit is not a new concept, you know, in sports performance, in work and, you know, the professional world, in studying, it's been proven time and time again, that stepping away and resting and gaining some perspective improves overall performance. And yet, it's a concept we fail to apply to our healing, because of the reasons I've mentioned, such as the blurry connection to diet culture, and our past experience with that, and that we tell ourselves we can't be trusted with taking a step away from it for a second. Or, you know, we don't trust ourselves that we'll be able to get back on track, so to speak. And to add to that, I think we also see uh, struggle to see the difference between the rest we build into our healing protocol and completely switching off from our healing protocol And because we struggle to see the difference in that, we perhaps don't see that we need the switching off. You know, like, shouldn't we be able to get all the rest and respite we need from the sleep and the naps and the creative projects and the cooking and the gardening or or whatever it is that you have decided helps you rest and that you've built into your healing protocol? You know, shouldn't you be able to get everything you need from that? But Actually, I don't think so, because there's an agenda behind those things. And that agenda is rest. Um, And rest, we all know, helps, you know, supports the healing process. So you're doing all of those things to support the healing process. And therefore, they still fall under the umbrella of you being on, of you being, you know, switched on. And it changes the way... You feel about doing all of those restful things, you know, the creative projects and the cooking. It it changes the way you do them because you, yes, of course you're doing them for joy and fun and just the pure enjoyment of them. But you are also doing them because they know, you know, they make you feel better. And sometimes you just need to do things that are completely agenda free. And sometimes you want to rebel just so you know you can. And sometimes you're curious to see what your body is able to tolerate. And if it's changed since last time, you know, you can use it almost as a bit of a progress meter. And yeah, okay, that one's got a bit of an agenda behind it. But, um, you know, sometimes it's just about letting go. It's a bit like taking your bra off at the end of the day, that that feeling of just like, oh, I can breathe and breathe. Sometimes you just need a tangible reminder that you're on the right path because, of course, when you do something that goes a bit against your your usual healing protocol, it, it will come with, you know, associated feelings of of perhaps not being so, you know, not winning so much that day. But those little reminders of okay, I've done that. And do you know what? It's made me feel a bit, a bit worse than I would usually feel. That's a great reminder that what you're doing is right for you and that you're on the right path. And in all of those things, in all of that, you get a little push that you need to keep going and to maintain momentum and maybe even take what you're doing to the next level. I believe Conscious Rebellion makes the whole healing journey much more sustainable and achievable and it adds just a little extra layer of fun and joy and pleasure. So I'm going to share what Conscious Rebellion looks like for me at the moment because it's useful to have a bit of a visual about what I'm talking about and I'm going to sound like a complete nana here but I know you're my people and you will get this. So at the moment it's staying up, you know, way too late watching a series I'm into or it might be eating four crumpets instead of two and I'm really into crumpets at the moment. Um but you know, you might be thinking go wild. Woohoo. But you know, these are little treats that I really look forward to and I look forward to them with the knowledge that they might make me feel a bit shitty or tired or bloated. But, you know, I make peace with that. And if I decide it's it's worth it in that instance, I do it. But the key is the difference in the way that I do it. So rather than it being on impulse and rather than it being something that almost I can't control or contain... I take the time to consider, you know, my options. So do I want that and how is it going to make me feel? And does that add to my feeling like I'm winning today or does it not? So, you know, I consider the likely outcomes, you know, how, first of all, how am I feeling anyway today? Am I, you know, is my health giving me a bit of trouble today or am I actually having a really good day and I can probably handle this more than I would be able to otherwise? And I consider all of this and I then I make my decision based on my feelings about that. And there is no guilt or self-loathing involved. If anything, it's just excitement and feedback from my body you know in doing this you get feedback Um, so you can learn from it as well and this isn't about going completely off the rails you kind of need to know your limits outside of your limits right so staying up way too late for me is like one o'clock 1am and that is like way past it but I'm not going to go and push it to three o'clock because that's just really going to affect me and then I will be filled with annoyance and frustration at myself for doing that um, and I must add neither this is not about bending your limits to appease or suit other people this is all about you and this is all about doing something for yourself because when you're bending your limits and pushing your boundaries to the tune of other people that's a whole other ball game and so in that i highly recommend adding a bit of conscious rebellion to your routine but there are a few house rules before you start so it is so so important to truly understand and assess your motivation behind what you're doing so that's your motivation behind why you want to heal and why you want to grow and develop so have a good think about the place that's coming from and I mean that's just baseline anyway but is that coming from a place of compassion and acceptance for everything you are right now or is it coming from a place of resistance and wanting to fix yourself because where it comes from will set the tone for how you set your limits and eventually go against them or rebel against them. Another house rule is to consider whether there is enough pleasure and fun and contentment in your life as it stands, and in your plan and in your protocol as it stands, because that is not what conscious rebellion should be used for, that's not what it's about. Pleasure, fun and joy are a basic human need. They are not an act of rebellion. And lastly, just appreciate and embrace your flings with conscious rebellion for what they are. There is just no self-loathing, blame or guilt allowed. I forbid it. (laughs) So if in doubt, ask yourself, how do I want to feel? And I think that's just a really simple question. How do I want to feel? And make your decision based on that. I look forward to, on occasion, consciously rebelling with you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reframing Chronic Illness with me, Alana Holloway. If you have a moment, I'd be so grateful if you'd rate, review and share it with anyone you think would enjoy it too. Rates and reviews mean that it's much easier for others to find this podcast, which all helps in getting this message out there. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you can subscribe to my newsletter via my website, alanaholloway.com. In my newsletter, I talk all about how you can harness the intelligence of your chronic illness or long-term health condition... In order to deeply heal and flourish, bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realise we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side? What would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life? If you're wondering how to start figuring that out, if you've got no idea where to start, I've got the perfect thing for you. My quiz, Are You More Michelle, Gaga or Mindy? and What Would Their Support Squad Unleash in You? is now live. You can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio. Don't wait another moment. Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.